You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi, folks. Be sure to visit my website at dr-history.com for a short personal video message to listen to the latest stories, and to leave a comment. Well, it's becoming a nuisance to have to get up off the desk and walk around and step through all the entourage that's sitting in here. we got Bert and Ernie and Ralph and Jim and Sam. They all come as a group in uh, being the protection for Dr. History. Good morning. And I need all the protection I can get. You took my words. (laughs) Thank you. How are you? I'm doing good. Good. Doing good. I see the, you know, a lot of sugar beets coming out now. The piles are getting... Bigger and bigger, so sugar beets are coming out. And with you on the radio, the piles are getting bigger and bigger. (laughs) Okay, Seb, so here we go. (laughs) So I got to say hi to Andrew down in Southern California. Okay. He's the one that his great, 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 great grandfather was on the Saluda that blew up over there in. uh, In, On uh, the Mississippi River. On the Missouri. On the Missouri. Mexican. I'm sorry. And uh, anyway, he sent me about a four-page document of telling of that story about his oh ancestor my. that uh, was uh, killed in that. And then Darren, uh, over by Kansas City, uh, sent me some information about a, a steamboat called the Arabia. And it was sunk in 1856, uh, and it was dug up in 1988 over by Kansas City. Oh, really? And the thing that's interesting, Zeb, is over the years, you know, the rivers changed course. Yeah. And so it was dug up over there by Kansas City, but it was about a half a mile away from the act where the river flows now. I don't want to take a lot of time on this, but didn't I recently read, or did it happen quite some time ago, where they went to the bottom of the snake and they got the original ferry boat up from the bottom? Um, you know, that sounds kind of familiar, but I... I, I read something about yeah, it. I, yeah, I, I'm not sure of the details on okay. that. So There's a lot of history under the water. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, anyway, thank you, Darren, and thank you, Andrew. Absolutely. Um, I actually had a phone call with Andrew Sunday afternoon and had a good visit with him. Really? Yeah, about That's that. That's nice. So, I wish more people would do what they're doing. I love that. Well, and I love the fact they send me information. Yeah. So What are we going to talk about today? Okay, Zeb, when I say... Sooners and boomers, what comes to your mind? The land rush in Oklahoma. Yes. So the land run of 1891 was one of the most remarkable events in the Western history. Some 20,000 people stood in the sun along a line in what would become central Oklahoma, September 22, 1891, waiting for a signal to rush in and lay claim to a farm or a town lot. More than 900,000 acres were to be opened up. 
6,097 homesteads, each one 160 acres. First come, first serve. I've got a question for you. Okay. When they shot the gun off that infamous day back in Oklahoma, and all these people took off with a stake in their hand. Right. How did that work? I mean, how, what were the measurements? I mean, all of a sudden you're riding along and you jump off and put a stake in the ground. What? How do you know where? Okay, I, I think I'll answer that. Okay, uh, good. As we go along. I'm confused about yeah, that. Yeah, and I was too. This, but I think this will answer when we go along here. So anyway, in less than 24 hours, they would have, have towns built, schools established, and farms marked off that quick. Now, many of the settlers had made the first land run into central Oklahoma's unassigned lands in 1889, a few years before, where 50,000 people had rushed in to stake their claims. Those who went early were called Sooners. Among the many settlers who followed the, uh, the rules were former Boomers. And that's where that those terms come from. So the from. song at uh, Oklahoma University football boomer sooner da 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 da. Zeb, don't sing. <laughs> you sing like I sing, <laughs> and we don't want to. We want people to listen. You know, it's really sad. This is your last program. <laughs> well, I could sing, and it really would be the last one. <laughs> Okay, back to the story. So the boomers who had spent years promoting the settlement of the unassigned lands, some had gone bust and now seemed to be given a second chance with this land run. In other words, some of them went and didn't make a go of it. So here we are three years later. Probably some of those same people are going to try it again. So many of the participants were in their 40s now. As young adults, they'd sought their fortunes in Kansas or Texas or Nebraska, and they'd failed. The sheriff of Kingfisher County in the unassigned lands in 1890 estimated a third of the population needed to be on relief. So it wasn't really they went in and just all of a sudden were making a lot of money. Yeah, really. So anyway, the Oklahoma Territory was created from the unassigned lands uh, on May 2nd, 1890. The territory was to grow by adding on new lands that had been Indian reservations or in dispute with Texas. Now, to the east, the five civilized tribes, the Cherokee Nation, the Creek Nation, the Seminole Nation, the Choctaw Nation, and the Chickasaw Nation were designated by Congress as the New Indian Territory. Now, a year earlier, the 86-member Iowa tribe sold 221,000 acres to the federal government at 28 cents an acre, keeping 80 acres for each member of the tribe. The Sac and Fox sold 391,000 acres to the government at $1.23 an acre, keeping uh, the same thing, 160 acres for each tribal member. Now, the citizen band Potawatomi... I'm getting there, Zeb. Hang on. No, I'm doing some math. They sold that for less than $10,000. Is that what it comes to? Yeah. That's a shame. Now, the Shawnee took 1,498 allotments and 563 allotments, respectively, with each allotment being 160 acres, and sold the remaining 325,000 acres to the government at 69 cents an acre. Oh, my. So, pretty cheap. Right. Oh, terribly. Yeah. I, and I guess the good part of that is that each tribe member was able to keep 168. May I ask what areas uh, we can designate they were today? Like what near what oh, towns? Gosh. I think it was over in the Tulsa area, wasn't it? You know, it could be. I was going to look on the map and see exactly where, yeah. where that was. But generally, o- Oklahoma, Texas, Kansas, okay. I think, through right. those areas. Okay. 
Now, those who wanted to start businesses in the new territorial capital of Guthrie became so argumentative that four separate town, downtown Guthrie's were formed during the four, first months of its existence. Now, Oklahoma City was worse. The Seminole Land Company hid would-be settlers in the woods before the land run. Okay, did you see what's coming here? Oh. When the time came, they emerged from the brush before legal homesteaders arrived. And staked and, their claim. Yeah, and they claimed city lots for the land company. Oh, my. So the land company had also sent in gunfighters to guard these city lots from honest homesteaders taking part in the land run. So picture this. You come into town. Here's a guy with a gun. And you're not going to take his lot because he's standing there. Well, didn't they have any law enforcement to stop this? I, if they did, it had to be very sparse, not much. Holy cow. Yeah. But uh, an effort was made to form a coalition between the homesteaders and these company men in Oklahoma City, but it broke down into a massive fist fight. I mean, it was, it was not just you go stake it out and you're good. Yeah. I mean, there were fights going on. Now, to prevent this from happening again at the two county seat locations of Chandler and Tecumseh, Mm -hmm. The federal government decided lots there should be handed out at a later date after the rush had calmed down. So, as September 22nd approached, thousands gathered at Guthrie, Oklahoma City, and Norman for the run. Between Guthrie and the Iowa Tribe boundary was the all-black community of Langston, founded a year before. Have you ever heard of Langston, Zeb? I have heard the name. Yeah. Uh, I'm quite familiar with various parts of Oklahoma. Those other towns. I've been there many, many times. And this intrigues me. I still want to know how they figured the measurements. Okay. I think, again, I think we'll get to that. Okay. Um, So this town was an all-black community. Now, the night of September 22nd, 21st, the day before, some 30 men from Langston, armed with Winchesters, marched into the camps of the would-be homesteaders. Oh, my. They wanted to make it clear to the white settlers their lands were not open to the claimants. They were willing to shoot, to kill if they had to. Once they felt their message was understood, the 30 men left. During the land run the next day, no trouble took place regarding the town of Langston. Well, would you? No. Okay. Now... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Those participating in the land run were to drive their wooden stake into the land they wanted. Right. Then they would look for a pile of rocks. And here I think he's going to answer your question. Federal surveyors had surveyed and marked out allotments in a checkerboard fashion across former reservation lands. The surveyors wrote down the meridian line coordinates of the allotment sections, which served as a legal description for the land deeds. They then piled up rocks, attached the information so settlers could find it. So if you stuck your claim in, you would go to this pile of rocks and you'd see the 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 survey uh, information. See the movie that I believe Joel McRae starred in with the Oklahoma land rush. They didn't show any of that. They just showed a helter-skelter, drive right. your stake in the ground, and that was it. Yeah, 
Exactly. Okay. But after a settler staked his claim and found the closest pile of rocks to write down a legal description, the claimant had to go back to the land office in either Guthrie or Oklahoma City to file the claim. Got a dumb question for you. How come more people didn't grab that stake and put theirs in there? That's yeah, that's a good question, because I'm going to guess maybe some maybe did that. They left somebody there? May have, or whoever got to stand in line for hours first, whoever was in line first and had the description, they got it, even if somebody came up afterwards. Wow. So, I don't know, there had to be some confusion there. But the morning of September 22nd, two companies of U.S. troops, as well as U.S. marshals, enforced the line that settlers were not to cross until they heard the signal. Among the settlers were 1,500 African Americans concentrated around the town of Langston for the run. Single women were also making the run. Maggie Smith from Guthrie area secured 160 acres, while a a gal named Dosky Simmons won a claim along the Deep Fork River, two young women from Oklahoma City stood with their toes touching the lawn, the line. Okay, when the gun sounded, the women simply stepped across the lane uh, line and staked their claims right there. So there was a pile of rocks there. Yeah. So from this line, you had from there over, as you know. So all they had to do was just step across the line. Put in a stake, and they had it. I heard, and I've heard through history and also in that movie, that it was really devastating and dangerous when they started the race. Oh, yeah. I mean, wagons a lot of people and got people hurt. running and, yeah. and uh, horses and mules, everything. Yeah. Yeah. So it says there was only one casualty when a Dr. Roundtree jumped off his horse to stake a town lot. He was trampled to death by the rider behind him. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Wow. So, again, it was could have been a dangerous situation. No kidding. So, now, the final run took place September 28th as 5,000 people sought to be the first to claim one of the 2,208 town lots in the future town of Chandler, uh, the planned county seat for Lincoln County. So if you think of that, Zeb, if a new town's going to go up, if you could get a few lots or even one, it could be worth a lot of money. I still don't understand how they didn't have more discrepancy and more uh, cheating as far as like the night before people kind of getting in there Sneaking and hiding in. out and putting a stake up and then going back to town and giving the yeah. location. Yeah, and I'm sure it happened. I yeah. had to. But anyway, these runs... Uh, uh, far too late for settlers to get in a major crop to sustain themselves. Indeed, the only major crop this late in the season they could grow was turnips. Now, through the winter months, homesteaders in these new lands ate boiled turnips, Ooh. baked turnips, mashed turnips, and you fried... Can quit. You can quit now. <laughs> oh, no, we're not done. <laughs> fried turnips. Oh, yeah. Three times a day. Oh, my. They three times three a day? Three times a day, you know. They even fed turnips to their cattle as a winter feed. And that's why they had a lot of stampedes. <laughs> yes, looking for food. But, you know, uh, banks were established and proved unique. Unlike The other, first turnip national bank. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> bring in your crop. You know, unlike other banks across the country, they had no depositors. The people didn't have money. For the homesteaders had spent most of their money for supplies to make the run. Instead, these early banks transformed into land speculation firms and dealers in horses. So these people, did they have to prove or verify that they had the money to be one of the stakeys? 
Uh, that's a good question. I think the main thing is they had to improve on the land. Well, okay, but if somebody didn't have a, a shirt on their back and they go out and stick a stake in and then they go to the land office and say, this is mine, right? Uh, maybe they didn't have any money to back it up. Well, th- at that point, I don't think they needed it. But then they needed money to farm. Yeah. So I think that's when they would go into the banks and the banks would uh, wow. help loan them money to get, get them going. Did a lot of banks go under? You know, at that stage, I'm not sure. Uh, but, uh, you know, surprisingly, the real economic lifesavers of these new settlers were the railroads. The railroads loaned out seed at cost to the new farmers with the loans to be pay- paid back in wheat. And the railroads also provided agricultural experts to work with the farmers and planting turkey red wheat from Russia instead of the traditional soft shell. And turnips. And turnips. <laughs> and the railroads gamble paid off over 95% of the farmers paid their loans off to the railroads in full so a lot of them were very successful wow but the new towns began to prosper chandler became the intersection of two railroads a flour mill a cotton gin and a brick plant opened a cotton oil company employed 50 people chandler's cattle pens were busy and fruit packing sheds were full then six years after the land run the town was leveled by a massive tornado which killed 14 people and flattened the town the only building untouched was the Presbyterian Church. There was also the problem of the whiskey towns along the new land's border with the Indian Territory. You see, the Indian Territory was dry, alcohol prohibited, while the new Oklahoma Territory was wet. Saloons sprang up right along the border to satisfy uh, the thirst of the uh, everybody. <laughs> Whoever wanted it. You know, folks, for those of you at home that didn't know what just happened, uh, he dropped his papers and he was ad-libbing, and that's where the everybody came in. Pick it up from there. Pick it up there. Thank you, Zeb. Next, a guy named D.N. Beatty opened the first saloon, the Black Dog Saloon, a few days after the land run along the border with the Indian Territory. Soon, some 62 saloons and three distilleries popped up along the territorial border, as did towns like Corner, Keokuk Falls, and Violet Springs, which grew up around these saloons. Shootouts, be, shootouts between rival saloons and bartenders became common. You're kidding. <laughs> no. Really? Well, you know, you got to keep a business. What was the population of some of these towns? It doesn't tell me. But, I see. Uh, but I'm sure... And, know, and how many of those towns survive till modern day today? And that's a good question, too. I know, uh, I, know I think there's a town of Keokuk. I believe you're right, yeah. Uh, the other two, Corner and Violet Springs, I don't know. Isn't there a Keokuk, Iowa, too? You know, there is. That's what I thought. Okay, so maybe, yeah, so maybe there was two towns okay. called that. And this is called Keokuk Falls. But a stagecoach driver shouted at his passengers as he drove into Keokuk Falls, quote, stop 20 minutes and see a man killed. Really? Pistols were always going off in all directions, said bartender Bud Ellison. It sounded like a year-around Fourth of July celebration. Wow. So I don't know that you'd want to visit those towns. No, the Chamber of Commerce didn't do a very good job. No, they didn't. But these whiskey towns continued until 1907 when the Oklahoma Territory was forced to merge with the Indian Territory to enter the Union as the dry state of Oklahoma. Hmm. By then, most of the would-be hopeful farmers of the land 
run had become tenant farmers, as had most farmers in southern and eastern Oklahoma. Two years after these land runs, the largest land run of them all saw 100,000 people rush onto 2 million acres in northwest Oklahoma to create 40,000 homesteads in 1893. That would have been, you said northwest, that would have been over in the panhandle by Goodwill. Oklahoma, I believe. Okay. Yeah, I know that area real well. Okay. Yeah. So here's a couple of other stories that happened. The anxious crowds at Arkansas City and Caldwell demanded and received permission to begin on April 18th their journey across the Cherokee Outlet. Following a nighttime rainstorm, U.S. troops began leading long trails of settler wagons over muddy trails across the Cherokee Outlet toward their promised land. One memorable event during the Arkansas City Exodus occurred when the contingent crossed the flooded Salt Fork of the Arkansas River. Hmm. Are you familiar with Yeah, I am. Are you? Okay. They... So they come to this river that is hard to ford. They tore boards from a nearby Santa Fe railway station and planked the railroad bridge that spanned the river. So they're putting boards across the rails. Yeah. Okay. So settlers then unhitched their teams, pulled their wagons, and led their horses across the bridge. The Caldwell crowd, a harmonious and happy conglomeration of 10,000 farmers, Cowboys and old soldiers in buggies, wagons, and on horseback helped one another ford the Cimarron River before making final camp at Buffalo Springs. Let me ask you a quick question, Ken. Um, The nations, the Indian nations that were, of course, part of Oklahoma, and it was said in a lot of books and everything that if a outlaw made it to the Indian nations, they were untouchable because white men couldn't go after the bad guys. Right, exactly. And so there was a a lot of the undesirables. I see. And they hid out there. Yeah, exactly. So here's another one. there on the day before opening, Easter Sunday, uh, these people played baseball, they held foot, foot races, conducted religious services, the Frontier Fellowship continued that night. And then they shot each other. And then they shot each other. <laughs> uh, so, you know, there were many hopeful land seekers at Arkansas City, and they intended to ride in on the Santa Fe Railway line, line that crossed the territory through the very heart of the Oklahoma lands. I'll be. Similarly, thousands crowded to the station at Pers- Purcell, filling a special, quote, boomer train to overflowing. See, I've been to Purcell, so I've been where you're talking about. Yeah. Wow. That's encouraging. I still want to find out more about how these land stakes work. And there had to be a lot of uh, graft and corruption, et cetera. Well, you know, I, th- there probably was because anytime there's something like that, there's going to be somebody trying oh, to take yeah. advantage of yeah. the situation. But uh, again, if you could get a few town sites uh, in a town, especially if it was going to become the county seat there you go. or the capital, even, yep. Yep. you know, you could probably make a lot of money just on speculation. Absolutely. Where were we? We missed out. I know. We were here in Idaho just enjoying. Idaho. Well, you are feeling well, I take it. I am. Doing great. You ran in here. I know. My knee is almost ready to go play basketball. I was going to say you're ready to play basketball. (laughs) Uh, Dr. History, you hit another home run out of the park again. Uh, Do you have any idea, I ask you this every week, what we're going to talk about next week? You know, that's one of those unknown secrets. A mystery. It's a mystery. It's a... It's it's so mysterious, I don't even know. (laughs) 
<laughs> There's a lot of things you and I There's don't know. There's a lot know. of things I don't know. Oh, God bless you, man. Thanks Thank so you, much. Zeb. Appreciate it. Dr. History right here on Zeb at the Ranch and just a really, really good friend of this program. We appreciate him.